Welcome to A Higher Branch, a source of practical and powerful information for busy people dedicated to boosting their personal health and professional performance. I'm your host, Sam McCall. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of A Higher Branch. During the heat of the pandemic last year in 2020, I held an unforgettable interview with Brain Coach, best-selling author and international speaker, the one and only Jim Quick. And today I wanted to share with you this interview split into a two-part series over this week and next, which dissects some amazing concepts Jim explores in his new book, Limitless, in his best-selling book that has topped the charts and remains in the top 10. Now, in this podcast, you will learn Jim Quick's methods for motivation, which is his framework to help you push through and stay committed to your goal in life. And I love this framework because I'm all about systems to help us stay on track. And I really believe in the framework that he has developed and expounded in his book, Limitless. If you don't already have a copy, I highly recommend it because it is one of those books that will help you stay on track and be able to process the plethora of information that is bombarding us at the moment. In this podcast, you will also learn the seven lies to learning which touches on some of the limiting ideas and beliefs that we choose to give energy to. Things such as a genius is born. A genius is not born. A genius is developed. We are all born geniuses effectively, but we lose our way in life. And Jim helps us get back on track with some of the things we cover in this podcast. And also, Jim reveals the four supervillains that limit our brains and rob us from reaching this limitless mindset. I hope you get as much out of this episode as I did. So sit back, relax, and listen to the incomparable Jim Quick. Welcome, Jim. Thanks for having me, Sam. I've been looking forward to this. It's good to see you again, my friend. There's a lot of people that would know who Jim Quick is, so he needs no introduction. But I just want to tell everyone that in an ever-growing world where information is flowing faster than the speed of thought, really our ability to expand the capacity of our mind is now essential absolutely i felt like we crossed that i felt like we're on that cusp of evolutionary change in the last couple of years and it's no longer survival of the fittest i think it's survival of the smartest and how you define smart comes down to how well you focus how well you think how well you study how you recall and how well you read and we've been told for many decades that our brains are a source of limitless potential but nobody has ever come along and shown us step by step, you know, how to tap into that limitless potential of our mind. And Jim, your book is really a, a defining book. It's amazing. I've read it from cover to cover. I love the structure. I love the methods, the models in it. And it actually does help you get smarter. Uh, so on that note, Jim, welcome and thank you for writing you. such an incredible book, which is a culmination of so many years of wisdom. Sam, it's, it's a real pleasure again to be here with your community and especially during this time. I'm excited to, to jump right into it um, and I encourage people to take notes if, if you feel so inclined. And my goal is to give you some really some practical things you could do so when we come out of this, we could be stronger, we could feel smarter, we could have our best foot forward. 
Awesome. Now, I know there's uh, a lot of executives that are listening to this right now who are also parents. So I want to approach this from the point of view of teens and students as well. I employ close to 300 people and I, I spoke at a conference about three years ago and I said to a lot of executives that we upgrade our computers every year in our offices. And I said, the biggest upgrade you can make is to those supercomputers of the minds of the people that are sitting and walking it through your offices. For me personally, the book will be distributed to all my team because I want them to upgrade their mind and not just for the business purposes and business objectives, but I want them to make an impact in their personal lives and I want to lift the average. And the thing that struck me first about your book is how you identified the supervillains that limit our brains. I, I really loved how you called that out. Do you want to just call sure. out those four supervillains? Yeah, absolutely. So I believe that some of the forces that hold us back are driven by technology. And I have a deep appreciation for technology. It allows this to happen right now. We live in an exciting time. Um, sometimes we, we take it for granted that we have bettered access to the world's information. But along with that, it helps amplify also some of the things that might add undue stress on our minds and our, and our, and our, our peace for ourselves, for our families, and also for our teams also as well. So I talk about four digital supervillains, the, the, the horsemen, if you will, of the, uh, not the and mental apocalypse, but it definitely has an, an effect on our, our own mental health and mental performance. And so the first one is digital deluge. And I tend to alliterate everything and use mnemonics and, and use the same letters to help them become very easy to remember. But the, the reason why I make we go through these four is first it's awareness, knowing that they exist so that we know it's something that we can deal with. Uh, so they're not invisible to us. So digital deluge is this information overwhelm, this information anxiety. Nowadays, the, the amount of information is doubling at dizzying speeds. And how can you catch up? Because how we learn it and process it and apply it hasn't changed a lot. So we live in an exponential world, but we still use traditional learning methods. And that growing gap creates a lot of stress. They call it information anxiety, higher blood pressure, compression of leisure time, more sleeplessness. And so it really disrupts things. And so that's why you mentioned we teach five superpowers. Two of those that overcome digital deluge is speed reading and also the study techniques. So to, those are the superpowers to handle that supervillain, if you will. The second one besides digital deluge is digital distraction. How do you maintain your level of concentration to get things done in a world full of rings and pings and dings, and social media alerts and app notifications? How do you concentrate? So that's why we talk about the power of focus in the book. And then you have digital deluge, digital distraction. You have digital dementia, which is a new term in healthcare where doctors and researchers are finding we're outsourcing our memories to our, these external memory devices. And these smart devices keep our to-dos, our, our calendars. It remembers all the numbers for us. How many phone numbers, Sam, did you use to remember? Pretty much yep. <laughs> just all of them. But then how many phone numbers do we know now? Maybe one or two or three at, at best. And not that you want to memorize 200 numbers, but it should be concerning. We've lost the ability to remember one or a PIN number, or a conversation we just had, or something we we're gonna say, or a meeting, or someone's name. I believe in business and also in life, two of the most costly words are, I forgot to do it, I forgot to bring it, I forgot to say all those things. We lose time, we lose, we lose some trust, maybe you heard of a relationship. So that's why the largest chapter in the book is actually on human memory. 
which I happened to write in, in Greece because I found I, I wanted to not only base Limitless based on the latest brain science towards accelerated learning and human performance, I also wanted to know what did ancient cultures do before there were printing presses, before there were uh, you know, this, you know, computers to store information. And I found out that the goddess of memory, her children were the nine muses of science, literature, and art. So the mother of science, literature, and art is memory and so important. So I wrote the book there in, in Greece and uh, where a lot of these uh, techniques uh, were really birthed and uh, put that in the chapter to help people with digital dementia. And then finally, besides digital deluge, digital distraction, digital dementia, you have digital deduction. And digital deduction is a term that I just, I coined because uh, I realized that working with clients, everyone from children with learning difficulties to aging seniors, that are at risk of uh, dementia. Uh, I lost my grandmother to Alzheimer's, so I'm very passionate about it. We actually donate 100% of all the author proceeds to this book to educational charities and Alzheimer's research, 100% of what, what comes to me. Um, so very passionate about it. But digital deduction is they're finding children I don't have the analytical ability of previous generations. And then they, they suggest of uh, the research is that because of technology is doing the thinking for us. And because technology just tells you what to eat or what you know, this is recommended or big, big news or technology where we don't have to think, so we don't have to develop critical thinking skills, divergent uh, creative thinking skills, be able to rationalize. And um, those are incredibly important superpowers to have today. And that's why we do a whole another chapter on thinking. And so those are the four supervillains I wanted to call out so that we see how it's affecting us individually and also our families and also our businesses, our teams. Because you're right, we are the asset that is helped for entrepreneurs, for those who managing teams or a family, it's collective mind power of, of the group. We, we do a lot of in-person training. We're putting it more and more online as we do. But here uh, at Facebook, at Nike, at Google, SpaceX, General Electric, because they want to uh, create uh, learning organizations. What I, one of the things that I want to say about front is like I, I, what I appreciate, and I've said this on stage, is I appreciate for the frameworks that you create. And so it's not you know just one area. There's a harmony, whether it's love or family or work or friendship and learning, wealth and charity. It's overall health and, and energy. And one of the things that I like to focus on is how to be able to say on stage, use this framework to elevate those areas. And when it comes to companies specifically, I know not just profitable companies, but the companies that really to be able to grow are the ones that value constant learning and, and the development that human capital is this, not only their largest line item, it's their largest asset that they have also as well. So we have online programs that companies will purchase. Can we find those? They can find that at quicklearning.com. And then, so generally what we'll do is they'll go there and they'll purchase accounts for their teams and they could see their other teams could go through a focus program over 30 days, a memory program over 30 days, a speed reading program over 21 days, a speed reading thinking program over 21 days also. So we do it every single day. And uh, we, we're, we're very proud of, we have clients in over 195 countries there. And I'm happy to send you, you know, information, but it's quick learning, learning.com. That's awesome. That's really awesome. So that's the method part, isn't it? Of yeah. your model for limitless learning. So do you want to take us through this beautifully perfect synergy bet between this model? Cause it, it just, it doesn't miss any element. It doesn't miss yeah. any component. And so it overcomes every weakness that you can encounter or every obstacle on the way to learning. 
it, it's something that I, I feel like is extreme. It's elegant and it's powerful and it's proven. And we're finding this across board. So I'll, I'll explain it. And what I would love for people who are participating in this conversation is to be able to draw this out for themselves. And if you've heard me explain it before, you know, maybe it'll, it'll sink even deeper now in terms of how you could use it. So I'm going to go through it really quickly. And all that people have to do is just draw three circles, um, three intersecting circles. Uh, Venn diagram looks like Mickey Mouse with two ears that cross over a little bit and then a face. So you have three uh, intersecting circles. People could think of maybe the Olympics, but you have three of those circles. And so these are three M's. And I want everybody to think about it. So it's personal to you. Think about an area of your life where you feel limited. Now, being limitless is not about being perfect. Limitless, the book, is the essence of it is advancing and progressing beyond what you believe is possible. And so that really is the goal. And think about an area of your life, or you could use somebody else's life that's close to you, a partner, a family member, a teammate, where you feel like you're stuck. You're not making the progress. It could be in any of these categories that Sam teaches about. So it could be in, it could be in love, it could be in family, it could be in your work, it could be in your level of, of contribution. What area are you not making progress in? Where you feel like you're in a box almost. And um, that box is three-dimensional, right? That three, all, all boxes are three-dimensional. So the three forces that keep you in that box, and these are the same three forces that will liberate you out of that box. And these are the three circles. So the first one, and I just made them for simplicity, three Ms. And the first one is mindset. Now, mindset I'm, I'm defining as your assumptions and attitudes about something. It could be your attitudes, assumptions about the world. It could be your attitudes, assumptions about health. It could be your attitudes, assumptions about work. It could be your attitudes, assumptions, most importantly, about yourself. And so what would fall in this circle are things like what you believe is possible would be part of your mindset. What you believe you are capable of, because you could believe something is possible for Sam or somebody else, but you might not believe you're capable of it yourself. What would also fall in this category is uh, what you believe you deserve. So the last circle, last M, maybe the one on the bottom, is the methods, as you discussed. I teach somebody a method in here on memory, let's say, remembering people's names to get it really simple. I think it's extremely important networking, business etiquette skill. Because how are you going to show somebody you're going to care for their future, their finances, their family, their health, whatever it is, their children, whatever it is you have to offer them, if you can't, don't care enough just to remember like, their name, right? Because people don't care how much until they know how much you, you care. But I could show you the method for remembering names. Uh, but if your mindset is, oh, I don't believe I'm capable of that, I believe I'm, I'm too old, or I have a horrible memory, you're still going to be stuck in that box, even with the tools, the methods. So that's why mindset is important. Now, the second M is your motivation. Your motivation, because somebody could have the mindset that this is possible, and they could have the methods, they can know what to do often, but they're not motivated, so they're still stuck in that box again. And so when I talk in mindset, I introduce a term like lies. I talk about the seven lies to learning that are, are generally widely globally accepted lies. And when I say a lie is an acronym, like most of the things I teach, yes. a limited idea entertained. Limited idea entertained is not necessarily the truth that you're not smart enough or, you're, or your child, whatever it happens to be, or, not, or your teammate's not capable enough, but it's a limited idea that we choose to give energy to and think that it's the truth when it's really just 
BS, belief systems. And so I talk about the seven lies to learning, and it also happens to be the seven lies also for keeping us from accessing more of our real potential. Things like a genius is born. So I, I introduce the seven lies, and then I also introduce the truth in terms of what the research suggests, and then I introduce a new, more empowering belief that maybe genius isn't born, genius is built, and something that's more empowering. And if, if somebody just believes that genius is either, either born with it or not born, and I'm not just talking about IQ, I'm talking about, oh, it's just financial genius or their wealth genius, their charity genius, their love genius, whatever they're excelling. If you feel like it's just innately born, then you're not going to try. It's going to keep you in that box. There's lies also around motivation also. And motivation for most people, it's just a warm bath where you just have to keep on warming it up, warming it up. You might get motivated and then the next day you're still not doing the things. And I'm obsessed with the question, what's the difference that makes a difference in terms of why do some people consistently take action? And why do some people who have good intentions and really want to, but they still don't do it. And initially, Limitless was a book completely on the last circle. It was all on methods when I was about to turn it in. And when I was about to hit send to my publisher, I asked myself a question. I said, okay, this is 28 years. This is my life. I've never put out a book for three decades. Is this the book? Like, will 100% of the people who read this book get the results that, they, that I promised them? And my honest answer was no because it was missing those two other elements to the, the framework. It was a really great, it's a really great book on methods on how to speed read and, and solve your problems, make good decisions on how to support your children and studying and focusing and all that, but without the two other things. So I made it three books in one. So motivation for me, there's a formula for sustained motivation and it's P times E times S3. And I'll just give you a brief summary of what this is. Uh, P times E times S3. For those things that you wanted, common sense is not always common practice. Like we, we know what we should be doing in these all these areas that Sam talks about, but we don't do it. And so one of these three things is usually missing. And so let's deconstruct this. If we were going to design the ultimate motivated human being, like it's like a thought experiment, what are the elements that make somebody consistently follow through? And uh, because that's the only evidence that somebody is motivated. If somebody says, could say they're motivated, someone on your team or a child could say they're motivated, or even you could say you're motivated, but if you're not doing the thing, it doesn't matter what you say or what you feel, it's what you're actually your example. And so my, the first thing I would say is you need the P, which is purpose. And I don't mean necessarily a life purpose, a purpose for doing that action consistently. And so otherwise you're not going to follow through. And I also mean that it's not just Okay, let's use a simple example. All right, the event I spoke at was like amazing. It was an incredible feel in the room and then some most incredible faculty on areas like health and wellness and energy. Individuals, let's take David Goggins, right? <laughs> Astonishing. And so he has a purpose for working out the way he does you know, all the time. And it's not just an intellectual thing. And for people who succeed, let's use working out as an example. We all know we should move and exercise, but we can know the, the benefits a lot like logically, but we're not logical. We are more biological, you know, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins, where are these feelings? So it really has to go from your head to your heart, then to your hands, because you could have something in your head about, oh, I should exercise. I should meditate. I should eat really well today. I should prioritize my sleep, do these things. But if you're not acting with your hands, check it with the second age, which is your heart. So I believe purpose is a feeling and it's a feeling of feeling the reward that will come from acting and maybe even the consequence of, of not acting. And if you can't get a feeling on either of those, maybe you shouldn't be doing those things. Like maybe those actions aren't aligned with a value that you hold dear. 
And so maybe it's, if we're talking about time management or where you put your energy towards, I believe the most important thing is to keep the most important thing, the most important thing. In this case, the most important things are to keep the most important things, the most important things. And so what's the purpose? So then you could feel the, the benefits. Just as a simple example, I, I saw an acquaintance recently and this gentleman was very unhealthy as long as I've known him. And everything that you would know, you would be opposite you know, of what you should do to be healthy. And all his family friends always advise him, just, hey, just you should stop doing this and maybe start doing this. And he never listened. And he ended up having a heart attack and triple bypass surgery and everything and almost lost life. And he still went back to his old lifestyle. And then uh, a couple years later, I see him on the street and he's a picture of health. Just like he, he looked amazing and he just, his energy just changed. And I had to ask, I was like, what happened? And because like you had the heart attack, nothing, nothing changed after that. Was, one day he went into the house and his daughter was crying and sobbing uncontrollably. He went to see what's the matter, what happened? And, and she finds out that she's so worried and distressed that he's not going to be around um, to walk her down the aisle. And uh, that, that's purpose. And change his behavior. He stopped smoking, he started, you know, he started, moving, he started doing all the things he was always wanted to do, but he never felt the purpose. So that purpose. Now, my mind went, okay, if somebody just has enough purpose, will they always follow through? And I was like, no, they, there's, a, there's something missing. They could be missing E. And that E, as you talk a lot about, is energy. Because somebody, let's say they want to work out. I've used that as a simple example that everyone can relate to because everyone's from different industries and everything and has different outcomes. But let's say they haven't slept in three days because they have a newborn and they're just exhausted. They have no energy. They're not going to be very motivated to work out. Or we know leaders are readers. If somebody has decades of experience like you do and you put it into a book and somebody could read that book in a few days or a handful of days, you can download decades and days. That's the biggest advantage in life. I can't think of a bigger advantage that if you could take decades and then download them in days, maybe you should read. It takes the average person 45 minutes a day of reading to get through one book a week, the average reader, the average reading speed. So when I say we triple someone's reading speed, we do it in 15 minutes a day where people could read and get more comprehension than then skimming and scanning and stuff that actually understand it. But going back to this, let's say you wanted to read that your motivation, purpose, you feel it, but you ate a big processed meal and you're in a food coma, you lack the energy. So you're not gonna be very motivated to study or prepare for that meeting or to read. So energy is important. That's why in the book, we talk about 10 keys for, for mental vitality for people who suffer from, from brain fatigue. And my mind went, okay, you have purpose and somebody has energy. Will they always be motivated? Your kids, your team members, they have, because they need that, right? Like a team member is not, even before this, there are studies suggesting over 80% of team members aren't engaged in the work that they're doing. So they need to find purpose. They need energy. That's why wellness is so important. And then I was like, okay, they always be motivated. I was like, no, there's one thing missing. S3, small, simple steps. At three S's, small, simple steps, meaning some people can have purpose, they can have energy, but they don't know what to do. Or, or that thing is too big. Maybe it's, uh, I want to create the, the next million dollar business online, or I want to have the perfect body. I want to meet my soulmate and, and live happily ever after. Whatever it is, maybe it's just too unclear or too intimidating. And a confused mind is not motivated. A confused mind doesn't do anything. So a small, simple step in the example of working out, maybe working out an hour a day is way too big for somebody who doesn't do that consistently. Maybe a small, simple step is putting on your running shoes. Maybe that it's um, reading 45 minutes a day. That's, wow, how do I go from not reading, you know, maybe reading one book a year to reading 45 minutes a day? That's too big of a step. A small, simple step is opening up the book or reading one line in a book. 
because I believe little by little, a little becomes a lot. Inch by inch, it's a cinch. Yard by yard, it's just way too hard for people. And how you get your small, simple step, your S3, or your children's S3, or your teammates' S3, ask a simple question. What is the tiniest action I can take that gives me progress towards this goal where I can't fail? What is the tiniest action I can take right now that will give me progress towards this goal or value where I can't fail? Because it requires so little energy, so little effort. And little by little, you start developing momentum. So that's motivation, P times E times S3. So you have mindset, motivation, and then finally you have the methods. And now, now we go through a process where people believe it's possible, they believe they're capable, they believe they deserve it. They find purpose in this, in the in reading or remembering or learning or marketing or any area, investing, and then they have energy and then they have small, simple stuff. Then you can give them the method, which is really the process where mindset is the possibility, motivation is the purpose, then the actual methods is the actual process. Now to put a little uh, check mark on this, where you see mindset and motivation crossover, I'm gonna give you three eyes is inspiration. Mindset and motivation, when they cross over, you have inspiration. And you have mindset experts, you have mindset coaches, you for you know athletic teams, you have mindset books, a great book by Dr. Carol Dweck called Mindset. It's a must read for leaders, educators, parents, much must read mindset, right? And you have motivational speakers and, and motivational books. And where they cross over, you have something called inspiration. You have inspirational speakers, inspirational books, inspirational movies. You watch an inspiring movie, it changes your mindset about what's possible and it gives you some energy. And so it's, it's inspiration, but you have inspiration, but you don't know what to do because you, you don't have the method. And where mindset crosses over with method, you have ideation. Mindset is you believe it's possible and you know what to do, but you're lacking the motivation. So it just stays an idea and it's ideation. And where motivation crosses over with methods, you have the third eye, which is implementation. But you have mindset, motivation, where all three of them come together, you have the fourth eye. Because with motivation and methods, you have implementation, and so you're doing it, but you can still be stuck in that box because you're only gonna be able to achieve what you believe is possible, or what you believe you're capable of, or what you believe you deserve. The fourth eye is where everything comes together in the middle. And that is integration. Right there in the middle is where all three I's and three M's come together. And you have a fourth I, which is integration, like integer or integral. It means you're whole. And integration is who you are. And that is the goal for limitless. That's the limitless state. And I know you like frameworks. And I'm, I'm a big admirer of yours, especially the two of the ones we, we've talked about in, 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 the, in the past. But that's how I look everything through. And so if I'm looking to create limitless teams, or limitless kids, I'm looking at through the lens of this framework. Or myself, if I feel like there's a gap between where I am and where I want to be, and I'm not making progress, then I say, okay, is it, and this, everyone can do this, it becomes a, a, a tool, a lens to look at through, a blueprint to look through, through where you see it, and say, okay, where's my gap here? Where, I, where am I limited? Because most limits are learned. For people that know my story, like I wasn't broken, but I was installed. Like one of my teenage adults said, that's the boy with a broken brain. And then that label put me in that box. So most labels are learned. We learned our beliefs. We learned our habits. We learned our methods. Maybe those methods need to be updated for today. New uh, investing, new methods for health, new methods for based on new methods for reading, new methods for memory, new methods. And so when you are stuck, you could go through and say, is the limit in my, my mindset? Do I not believe it's possible? No, I believe it's possible. Do I not believe I'm capable of it? Do I not believe I deserve it? 
that income or that relationship or that, or that this whatever it happens to be, or am I limited in my purpose? Am I not feeling that, allowing myself to feel that those feelings of purpose? Or am I limited in my energy? Am I spending time with energy vampires that are stealing my, my energy, my dream? Am I just so stressed and stress consumes an immense amount of energy, like fear, especially what's going on right now, uses a lot of energy. Or is it, am I making it too big? Do I need to break it down and just don't overthink it? Let's simplify. What are the small, simple steps I can take right now? Or am I just using old methods? or unconscious methods that aren't getting me where I need to go. And it becomes a framework for role modeling people who are successful. Because you can say, okay, what's their belief about this? What do they believe they're capable of? How are they tapping into their purpose? What are they doing for energy and fuel? What are the small, simple steps they're taking on a daily basis? Or what are the methodologies for investing or teaching or health and wellness or learning that they're applying? Everything falls in that, in that model for me. And that model can be applied now five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. So this is what I love about the, the frameworks within the book because it gives people the blueprint. Like you said, there, there might be a book on mindset that's written in 15 years from now. But if you know how to bring it all together using your models and the limitless book, it's just perfect. Now the good thing about the book, and you were very generous with it, is that you've referenced a lot of other books for people to read which are relevant for that particular topic. Absolutely love that. Okay, I'm going to cut it off right there. Thank you for listening to part one of the Jim Quick series. I hope that this first part has you thinking. In part two going live next week, we hear an exclusive Q&A with Jim Quick where he reveals the one piece of advice that he would give himself if he could go back in time. That is one you won't want to miss. So please subscribe to our podcast. I don't want you to miss any of this information, especially part two of Jim Quick. And follow us on Instagram. And if you go to our website, A Higher Branch, you can also subscribe to receive an email direct to your inbox. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. Until next time, as always, my friends, don't forget to live consciously.